Odyssey celebrates Father's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. It's time to talk politics. It's Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. Welcome uh, to my my guest uh, co-host for the first hour, April Baskin. See, April last week was a guest, and she did so well. We're inviting her back <laughs> as as co-host. April, thank you for uh, thank you for coming thank down, you for spending some time me. with us. Uh, our guest uh, this first hour is Erie County Executive Mark Polencars. Um, uh, Mark, uh, welcome to the program. You've been in this studio a few times before, although not recently. It's good to be back, and it's good to see a, a guest co-host. Are you uh, sharing your big uh, well, well, earnings from the no, hosting well, the show? Yeah, with yeah, her? she's Question. getting exactly, uh, exactly uh, half of what I'm getting, and half of nothing is nothing. Right? You know, who was it, Billy Preston back in the day? Nothing yeah. from nothing is nothing. <laughs> nothing. But uh, um, um, yeah, no. April, April was great last week. Listen. Um, I wanted to open up. I, I mean, I've got April and I are going to be playing, uh, uh, asking a lot of questions. We're going to be playing good cop, bad cop. You're going to be the bad cop, April. Oh boy! But before I get to all those embarrassing questions, I did want to, uh, in all seriousness, open up with something that's been in the news a lot lately. There's another article in the Buffalo News this morning, and it's all these shootings in Buffalo. You know, I'm I'm in the suburbs. I'm somewhat removed from it. April, you represent a district that's you you know right in the middle of a lot of this. Yes. Um, and it's uh, I tell you, even for someone like myself. In the suburbs, uh, it's uh, it's disheartening to see this come across. I mean, there was the story of that grandmother and the boy getting killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the article today is a, is a follow up article on the mother with her three kids in the yes. back seat. Yeah. It happened at one forty five. You know, if it were one forty five in the morning, I told my wife, you know, you would wonder what what was she doing. But it was one forty five in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And Mark, my question to you is. What, if anything, I mean, this is this just a city of Buffalo problem, or does the county have a role, either short term or long term, in trying to get this out of the out of the news? Well, the county certainly has a role, and we are actively engaged in the investigation through our Central Police Services Department. Uh, earlier this week, I was in touch with uh, Council President Reverend Darius Pridgen, uh, offering whatever assistance we could. Uh, and uh, he was very appreciative, but I also let him know exactly what we're doing because uh, I was in contact with our Central Police Service Commissioner, Jim Jansowitz, earlier this week, and, and Commissioner Jansowitz met with uh, Dennis Richards of the Buffalo PD, and over time we've also had additional conversations with the uh, police commissioner, uh, Lockwood, in, in the city to offer whatever assistance we can. And, and what we can do and what we are doing is we're speeding up the analysis of uh firearms and other uh, evidence that's identified by the police at scenes. So we, we have a system called the, the NIBIN system. We are part of a national, actually I should say international network, where if a firearm, a gun is uh, identified, uh, we have the test shooting range. We can then put that information into a computer database and try to uh, uh, match it with any other crime in the United States or crimes here. Uh, so we're certainly uh, speeding up. Uh, what would normally take sometimes days to weeks uh, to try and to get things done in hours now uh, with regards to the uh, crime scene analysis that is uh, originally performed by the Buffalo PD but then is brought to our public safety campus mm-hmm. downtown and our central police services staff will perform the analysis. Uh, there's other information and, and, and work that we are doing as a county 
uh, with the city that I don't want to get into because it'll talk more about what we're trying to do to, to prevent these crimes from occurring in the future, but also arresting the perpetrators. Mm-hmm. But I think, as you saw, one of the biggest problems they're having right now in the city is the issue of snitching and how people don't want to talk about the shooters because they're afraid of payback against them. Mm -hmm. Uh, A number of the shootings that have happened in the most recent periods are basically payback shootings where someone gets shot for something that was said or done to a family member, then someone else on the other side gets shot, and back and forth. It's horrible, uh, and we just need our public to to stand up and say... April, let me ask you, I mean, I'm uh, again, I read about this. I'm in the city of Tonawanda. I read about this in the newspaper. I see it on TV. Um, you're you're a lot closer to it. You represent uh, a, a big part of the area that's uh, that that I'm reading about in the paper. Um, is it just my imagination, or are things getting worse? They're certainly not. Yeah, they're certainly not getting better. Just that when a grandmother better. and a kid get killed, it, not it, at it all. magnifies what's going on all every day. Yeah, and um, I, I don't I don't necessarily think that they're uh, in in a place of getting better. And so to hear that uh, local leaders are uh, working collectively to find some resolve. Um, brings me great joy. Something that I can uh, let my constituents know is, you know, kind of happening. I wonder what we can do in terms of um, education with children on communicating when they see guns or they see uh, uh, signs of violent activity in their mm-hmm. home. Because what's most disturbing uh, as a mother, it, our children are falling victim to this as well. So that one mother was killed in front of her three children. That is going to create a, a huge amount of trauma in their life. The young boy who lost his life with his grandmother and just yesterday, a seven-year-old uh, young girl was shot in her home. So I, I'm almost wondering what, what can we do with in terms of children and 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 eliminating this narrative of snitching being mm-hmm. bad and opening up the communication patterns that we need to so so do you think there's some partnering that needs to be done with schools definitely definitely mark, mark let me let me uh, compare this to to something else that the county has had a, had a big role in and that's the opioid crisis mm-hmm. i mean i was you know i've been on the county legislature now for eight and a half years and I can remember early on where, you know, I mean, the the, the problem with heroin and, and other opioids wasn't really on our, our radar. And, and we, like the rest of the country, were a little bit late to the table, if you will, and, and, and doing something about it. But once we got involved, we got involved in a big way. And, you know, I, I, I'm, I know that you're proud of the county's response to the opioid epidemic. I think that uh, if you look around at our neighbors, if you look around at the nation, I mean, we're we're right up there. We're, we're, is, we're, we're is, ahead of the curve and in that response. Was, and, and, and that was like we, we threw all sorts of resources in it, mm-hmm. money we didn't have uh, allocated. Uh, is is there a parallel here? Is this sort of thing that the county is going to need to step up or the city is going to need to step up? Well, it's different in the regard that uh, the opiate epidemic was affecting all neighborhoods. Sure it was. Uh, urban, suburban, rural. We had people dying in Springville just like we had people dying in Buffalo and Lancaster mm-hmm. and Amherst. Uh, the shootings that are occurring in the city of Buffalo are occurring in primarily a very small section of the city. It's uh, I live in the city of Buffalo. I live in the Delaware district. The shootings aren't impacting it. So what you have to do is get buy-in from everybody at mm-hmm. even a higher level than we needed in the opiate epidemic. Because I could talk to you, and you'd tell me a story about someone in Grand Island. Mm-hmm. I could talk to John Mills, and he'd tell me a story about someone in Springville. And I'd hear the same thing from the other legislators. I don't hear this issue from other legislators because it's not something that's impacting their their districts. But the county does have a role. We have a role with regards to central police services. We have a role with regards to the programs that we provide through social services to ensure that people are giving opportunities to create a better life. 
and we as a community have to say enough's enough. Uh, I think the leaders have. The problem is I think most of the people in the, in the greater community aren't thinking about this issue other than when they read the newspaper or hear it on WBEN because it's not affecting them like the opiate epidemic mm-hmm. may be affecting a family member. Well, well, listen, we have to take a quick break, and, and, and we need to move on, and we'll talk about an issue that does affect some people in the rural and the suburban areas and something that's been in the headlines a lot and I know has been a big concern of yours, and that's county roads. But first we have to take a break, uh, and we'll come back, and we'll talk about roads with County Executive Mark Polencars, also my guest host, April Baskin, Majority Leader of the Erie County Legislature. I am Kevin Hardwick. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. Welcome back to Hardline. Kevin Hardwick uh, here hosting with my guest co-host, April Baskin, Majority Leader of the Erie County Legislature. Our guest this first hour, Erie County Executive uh, Mark Polencars. Uh, Mark, uh, I said before the break we'd talk about county roads. Uh, certainly you've received a lot of criticism uh, from a lot of quarters in, in uh, uh, the last uh, few months about the condition of many county roads. Uh, there are even people there buying signs and putting them out on the lawn, mentioning you by name, saying, fix this road. Um, well, I don't know if they're buying them or they're being handed out to them by certain someone, people. Someone, is, someone is buying them. Well, well, we'll conduct an investigation into that. Good, good. Um, but, uh, but, uh, but, but seriously, I mean, you know, I had a discussion last week with April and I said, you know, uh, I represent three communities, the city of Tonawanda, like her city of Buffalo has no county roads, right. mm-hmm. but I certainly hear about it. Much of my time is spent uh, Grand Island and the town of Tonawanda complaints about town, county roads. Um, and I know that my colleagues, Republican colleagues from uh, more rural uh, uh, sections of the county really get, get an earful. Um, and I'm sure you do also. Well, I would remind everybody that we had a very, very rough winter with multiple th- uh, freeze thaws, which caused damage to the roads. We're not the only one. It's like this across the entire Northeast. Uh, on average, my administration has been putting in $30 million annually. This year, because of the excessive damage that was caused by the winter, we're going to be spending upwards of $47 million on roads. That's a lot of money uh, when you think that basically our operational budget that we control, the non-mandated expenses, is roughly $180 million. So we're spending a lot. And we have 1,200 centerline miles of roads that the county owns. That's more than the states of Rhode Island, Delaware, and Hawaii each have in total. There's a lot of roads that are county roads that should be owned by towns and villages. We're transferring some of them back with the cooperation of those communities like we just did in Williamsville with Garrison Road. Uh, but I will say this. Uh, you, you have to make a decision, and you we've had this discussion before. None of us want to raise the tax rate. None of us want to do those kind of things. And you can generate more revenue if you raise taxes to pay for more work, but nobody wants to do that. Uh, so we have to make a just a decision. We allocate responsibly uh, our, our funding fiscally so we don't spend everything on roads and then neglect uh, libraries, parks, issues associated with crime prevention. And I'll say something that I think is a big issue that most people haven't paid attention to, and that's the lack of a transportation infrastructure bill coming out of Washington for almost a decade. There were times in which roughly 40 to 50 percent of all road expenditures in the county were paid for by federal infrastructure dollars. The last few years, it's been zero. We've been paying for it out of our own pocket. So we've had to make up uh, what would normally be millions of dollars that would have come from the federal government, and we're doing it. As I said, I'm spending $47 million this year, which is a lot of money. Mm -hmm. 
when when you talk about uh, when you talk about Washington and their inaction, uh, especially on transportation issues, can you also uh, talk a little bit about the uh, the NFTA and perhaps what their plans and and where you see that fitting into the big picture? Well, one of the things that I'm supportive of is extension of the uh, Metro Rail. Uh, th- through the University of Buffalo to what would really be like the 990 in Amherst. That's their plan. Uh, we do not have the uh, ability to transport as many people as are coming downtown, especially from the medical campus, and having them park. Mm-hmm. They can come downtown, but they find nowhere to park. It's a huge issue with, in, in the uh, Fruit Belt neighborhood uh, with not uh, late neighbors not even be able to find a place on their street to park because there's so many people working in the area around the medical campus. Uh and I think it's very important that we do extend the metro rail so it takes a lot of the pressure off of the roads, the less traffic on the roads, the less damage to the roads. It's cheaper. It's more efficient in the long run from an energy efficiency standpoint to be using, like, electric metro rail. But it's very expensive to do uh, the initial extension. So we need federal infrastructure dollars to help uh, support that. I'm very supportive of it. And I hope in uh, in the future Congress will act appropriately and fund road, bridge, and these transportation projects. Let's let's move on and talk a little bit about the Erie County budget. Uh, you know, I'm uh, when when I campaign for reelection every couple of years, I'm uh, I'm quick to mention that we haven't raised taxes uh, since I've been in uh, been in office. This year it appears to be a, a fairly good year. We're running a bit of a surplus. Sales tax is is uh, up more than anticipated, which is a big part of that because. You know, sales tax, I tell people, is always a crapshoot. You never know. You know, it's like guess your best. What's, are, are we going to have Canadians coming in? Are we going to have Canadians going, uh, staying home? What's the dollar? Of course, now we're in a, uh, a, a war with Canada. So we'll uh, mm-hmm. probably have a few less people coming over. Um, but it is, relatively speaking, a good year so far. So far, it's been a very good year. We're showing, uh, and trending towards right now a nine million dollar, uh, surplus at the end of the year. Which is, which is good. I just remind everybody it's a $1.7 billion budget. So $9 million surplus is less than basically 1%. Uh, but it has been a good year and, and our sales tax numbers are excellent primarily because of the increase in cost of gasoline mm-hmm. and, and motor fuel. Uh, we're showing a 6% increase in sales tax revenues from last year, but I do know the actual numbers for the motor fuel. It's a 16% increase. So we've gotten this big bump, which we'll have for one year, and then next year it'll stabilize. You know, there, was a, there was a proposal kicking around the legislature a few years ago that uh, the sales tax on motor fuel would be capped. I was never a big fan of that, mm-hmm. and I tried to tell people, well, every dollar you, you cut from the sales tax, you're going to have to raise in property tax. Correct. So we get one good year, and, and, and you may remember there was in uh, when I was comptroller. I think this is even before you were elected. Uh, there was a year in which there was seven percent growth in the sales tax. Mm-hmm. We had one f- outstanding year, but the average is two percent. And so one out of every ten years you get this super year, but then you you go back down to the average of two percent, and that's what we budget for. We do conservative but- budgeting. One and three quarter to two percent growth. That's what we did this past year. We've also had some well, nice savings in Medicaid. Well, let's, let's, but let's, let's, next year, I'm not projecting six well, percent growth I, in I sales tax. I want to ask tax. you about, about next year. Next year's, uh, you know, the 2000, maybe a preview of the, the 2019, uh, budget. I know that you're working on it. You have to get it over to the legislature in October. Uh, I got to believe you'll be running for re-election next year. There's going to be no tax increase. Uh, there will be no tax increase. Well, we, there, there, we're making news. It's not a lot of news, but uh, we're making some news. No tax increase next year. Um, anything? Uh, any priorities going to change next year? Can you give us? A, can you tease us a little bit? 
Well, fr- from me, it's the continuation of the services that we've been providing to grow our economy. When I ran for county executive, I was I said I'm going to focus my administration on growing our economy. Uh, my deputy county executive was going to focus on uh, be my jobs are economic development, and it was under Rich Toby, and it still is under Maria White. Uh, but we are continuing to uh, focus in areas to uh, uh, reduce poverty in our overall community, to address issues of health care. One thing I'm very worried about, and we're looking at seeing how we can uh, maybe address it, uh, is the uh, increased cancer cluster that exists now in the east side of Buffalo mm-hmm. and the west side of Chittawaga. Mm-hmm. I was at uh, the Delavan Grider Community Center this past week where we talked about that, and the county has a cancer services program to help people with screening. Uh, perhaps maybe we'll put a little more dollars in that and really focus on the east side of Buffalo and the west side of Chittawaga to try to figure out why there's this increase in cancer, as well as uh, help people get screened so they can uh, find out if they actually have it and then get the treatment they need. April April Baskin, my co-host, has a question. What do we do in in terms of informing people who live in that area about um, any type of things that they should be alerted to with the contamination of their the, their neighborhoods? Well, we're, we're trying to figure out, working with uh, the New York State Department of Health, if it's an issue with contamination neighborhoods or it's just lack of going to the doctor, not having good health habits. Uh, it's kind of, it, it may be a combination of both. It may be in one area it's just people aren't taking good care of themselves. They're not going to the doctor and checking and getting things done. They're also trying to figure out if in certain parts where there was heavy industry on the east side of Buffalo and, and western Chittawaga that maybe it is a, a, a contamination issue. So the Department of Health from New York State is doing that exam, a, a analysis. But it was really worrisome because been, they, they did this report over a five-year rolling period looking at cancer rates across New York State. And the east Buffalo, west Chittawaga was the highest in the state. Mm-hmm. So we have a role through Erie County Department of Health to try to figure out what's going on and what we can do to ensure that people who need the services uh, get them. And, and right, right now, some parts have been identified already. The American Axle Plant. Yes. So yeah. So it, in those areas, we know for sure that we need to have some state funding, do some remediation efforts. Should we be reaching out to those residents and letting them know? Well, I think one of the things we're trying to do is, is get better reach out. We're going to be focusing on that as we move forward. We're actually putting a plan together right now in our Erie County Department of Health to do that. Uh, as I said, we have a cancer services screening program, uh, which identifies individuals who may be at risk and, and can provide them screening to see for particular cancers. Uh, and it's free, even if you don't have insurance. And I just want to give out the number here. If you live in the area and you're questioning what may be done, you can call our cancer services program at 858-7376. That's 858-7376, Monday through Friday between 830 and 430. And someone local, you won't talk to a call center in India, but someone in our Department of Health will answer it and can at least guide people to what they can do to find out how they can be screened to ensure they don't have cancer. We've only got about a minute before Neil McManus cuts in with the bottom of the hour headline news. Uh, Let me, you you mentioned Maria White, your deputy county executive. One of the things I think uh, I've given her a lot of credit for in the past is, uh, is shepherding the, uh, the uh, Buffalo Erie Niagara land improvement corporation legislation through the legislation, also known as the land bank. That's been a tremendous asset for the county, hasn't it? It's been in 30 seconds. uh, Tremendous. Uh, We, you hear a lot about zombie homes, but we've been talking and dealing with zombie homes for years now, and we've been addressing it through the land bank. It was not easy to create. I had to negotiate with the mayor of Buffalo, who 
kind of wanted to do his own land bank. I said, no, we, we need to do it as a region because the issues in Chitawaga are the same as in Buffalo, as the same in Lackawanna, as in Tonawanda. And it shows because we have probably the most successful land bank in New York that is repairing homes, getting them back on the market, uh, saving neighborhoods, and generating more tax revenue for the county. Great, great, great program. Listen, uh, Neil McManus is standing by with headline news. April Baskin, my co-host, is uh, is here. Uh, we'll be back after the news. So will Mark Polencar, Erie County Executive. When we come back, I'll ask uh, Mark a, a question about a number of issues, uh, including the uh, convention center, the Bill Stadium lease, uh, and one of my favorite topics, SUNY Erie, also known as Erie Community College. I'm Kevin Hardwick. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. Welcome back to the program. Kevin Hardwick sitting here with my guest co-host, April Baskin, Majority Leader of the Erie County Legislature. Uh, Erie County Executive uh, Mark Polencars is uh, is our guest until uh, the top of the hour. Uh, by the way, la- after the next break, uh, we may be able to squeeze in a few phone calls for the county executive. He has kindly consented to take some if we can squeeze them in. 803-0930 is the number. Certainly you want to get in line right now, 803-0930. Mark, for the break, I teased some questions that I wanted to ask you this, uh, this segment. First one was uh, Convention Center. I know that uh, uh, there is a study being conducted currently of uh, of the convention center. Everybody knows it's uh, too small, that it's uh, uh, something needs to be done there. Where are we at? What what, what should we do? Well, that, that I'm not going to say what we should do until we have the study, uh, and I think we want to hear from the public as well. Uh, the study is nearing completion. Uh, they're in their final sort of form. I wouldn't be surprised if something gets released in the next uh, month. Uh, but it, the, the, it's right now in the hands of the, uh, the consultant. Uh, we've known, I've said it before, the convention center was too small and uh, wasn't built right when it was built. And so you look at the other uh, competing sort of si- uh, cities that we uh, deal with, uh, and we have probably the oldest convention center that is antiquated compared to other ones. And I'm not talking about New York City and Chicago uh, or even a place like I was just at uh, recently, Nashville, which is really in some ways a competitor mm-hmm. city of ours based on size. I'm talking about Grand Rapids, Michigan, and Hartford, and, and Milwaukee. And so we have to think as a community, what is our goal? I mean, or do we want to be in the convention business? If you want to be in the convention business, then you have to be able to compete. If you're saying I'm willing to give up the convention business, then we could probably continue as we are, but we're going to lose whatever few conventions we get. Majority Leader April Baskin dying to ask a follow-up question. <laughs> Since I've begun in the legislature, I love how much people like to deal with numbers, 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 numbers. Can you, are we able to put a dollar amount on what we're missing out on as a county in terms of tourism and opportunity uh, with us not having a, a tour a, a convention center that, Invite, is inviting into the city? Well, it's part of the analysis that the consultant is doing is to take a look and say, here's the number of conventions and visitors mm-hmm. that are going to our peer group, so to speak. So that'll be in the consultant's report. I, I'm not an expert on it, so I can't say, but I, I can tell you from looking at the new convention centers that are going up elsewhere uh, and the, the number of conventions they're getting versus what we get, yeah, we're losing. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. You, you, you mentioned that the study is nearing completion. When can April and I as county legislators expect to get that? Well, it'll be released to the public all at once. So it'll go to the legislature. It'll You're go not going to gonna give us a sneak preview? Uh, no, well, I, 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 we don't need it. We don't need it. The I'm idea is to, 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 here's the study, what, and then everyone the timeline, kinda, I guess? Yeah, everyone take a look at it at the same time, and then people will have an opportunity to offer their opinion. 
Uh, and the study is also going to identify, depending on the, the location and the size, how much it would cost. Mm-hmm. And so that's a that's a big issue because do we want to be spending that are, kind of are, money? Are we talking a few months or a few weeks or? Well, I said I wouldn't be surprised okay. if it's released in about a month. Okay, okay great. Uh, let's let's talk about the stadium for the Bills. I mean, we're midway or about midway, somewhere around midway through the uh, lease ten uh, year lease. Um, I, I know that you've been having some preliminary discussions. Um, what uh, what do you think we're going to see? I mean, a lot of people uh, have said that, you know, that stadium, the bones are still good, that uh, it can go another 10 years. Are you in that camp? Well, I publicly said that. I mean, we do know that, the, as, as you noted, the bones are good, but you got to constantly do updates to the facility. Uh, the Pagulas are putting in significant amount of money of their own dollars this year with regards to the uh, club seating area uh, and, and the club suite itself. Uh, they're also going to be doing, starting next year, a major project with regards to the athletic facility and for the players, which people just saw mm-hmm. in the Buffalo News. We, we knew about that uh, not too long ago ourselves. So I would just say this. I mean, the lease has about another five years left on it. We're uh, discussing always issues with the stadium with the Bills. I don't negotiate in public about what we're going to do in the future other than to say we are having discussions about the current facility as it is and to be used by the team in the 2018 season. And we do have discussions from time to time about what we're going to do in the future. Let me move on to another one. I'm trying to squeeze in as many uh, subjects as I can in this hour because really Rapid we could fire. probably go three hours <laughs> e- easily. Listen, uh, SUNY Erie, the old ECC, uh, has a new president, Dan Hakoy. He was a guest here a few weeks ago on this program. Um, uh, as you probably know, I'm a big Dan Hakoy fan. I mean, mm-hmm. this was not just next guy up at ECC. He was the product of a national search. He seems to have a vision for the college. Uh, he uh, he wants one of the things he's big on is making it an innovation hub. Um, do you see the county um, in the next few years, assuming you're still county executive, pouring more county resources into uh, into the college if uh, he delivers on some of these promises? Well, first off, I'm, I'm very pleased to hear what you have to say about uh, President McCoy. I was on the search committee. We were very it was a very exhaustive search. Oh, you wanted the other guy, right? No. No, no. I was, I was very happy with uh, President Coy being chosen, uh, by the search committee and, and then, uh, officially approved by the, the board of trustees. Uh, let's just say this, uh, ECC is like a lot of, or SUNY area. SUNY area. Yeah, I say that. Mm-hmm. SUNY area. It's like a lot of things in Erie County government when it comes to buildings and infrastructure. It, it has been, unfortunately, not received the funding it needed in the past. SUNY area put in a request as part of the capital budget proceeding for 2018 and the five years afterwards, asking for, you're drinking now, you might want to stop, $14 million a year to upgrade the facilities. Well, well that's what you do in your request. Yes. Just like for roads, it they, was probably a gazillion dollars. They never did that as DPW much in, in the past. Mm-hmm. And and the issue is there's only a certain amount of money we can borrow on an annual basis. We need to update buildings that are county-owned, that are county services, just like we need to own update buildings that are county-owned, that are SUNY Erie. Uh, I do like the direction that uh, President Okoye is taking. I think he is doing the right things, uh, and you're seeing it in some of the programming changes that are appropriate for this region. Uh, so I, I'm certainly willing to work with him. Are we going to be able to give him $14 million in capital infrastructure this year? No, but uh, we are certainly uh, entertaining their concerns. Are, are You are happy, though, with the direction 
Very oh, happy. I, I'm very happy as my full support. Very good. Listen, I want to take a break early. Normally we we would go along a little bit longer, but I want to leave a little bit time, more time in the last segment because there's an issue or two we need to discuss, and then I want to leave some time for phone calls. So again, after the break, if you want to call. 8030930 the number to call 8030930 I'm sitting here with uh, Mark Polencar's Erie County Executive my guest host is April Baskin I'm Kevin Hardwick you're listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN Hey welcome back Kevin Hardwick with my guest host April Baskin uh, one more segment with Mark Polencar's Erie County Executive we'll get to your phone calls shortly if you want to get in line 8030930 the number 8030930 Mark um uh, earlier this year, you came out uh, with a, uh, a study on uh, schools in Erie County, and you called for consolidation. I mean, you highlighted Cheektowaga, which has five full school districts and part of others, and you said all the administrative costs and everything else, uh, we would be better off with just one school district. I mean, as I look at that, having studied similar things, going back to my doctoral dissertation, I would tend to agree if we were starting from scratch, you would probably only want one school district in Cheektowaga and one in Amherst and so on. Uh, but given where we are, you know, getting there from where we are here, I'm not sure makes as much sense. I mean, I, I have some, some problems with this. Are you still pushing this? Well, we certainly are entertaining the conversation. Uh, we actually had really good support among people in the public. Uh, we talked about Eden and North Collins. And one of the reasons why we did that is the school districts are losing population. Mm-hmm. On average, they've lost 20% of their student body in just a few years. And the, the projections are not good. So you have to make a decision as a community. Do we want to have a school district for a combined 300 or 300 students when you could combine the two districts, still keep the schools open, not lay off a teacher, not lay off a Mm -hmm. janitor, but you don't need to have two superintendents for a district that is combined still smaller than most districts in our region. Certainly in a a case like that, it might make sense. But when you're talking about Chictawaga, you're talking about some, you know, five fairly decent sized districts that, yes, are losing population. Again, if you were starting over, you would probably only have one. But when you go from here to there, you've got five different teacher contracts. And if I'm a teacher making $10,000 more in, than another teacher with the same seniority in another district, uh, I'm not going to go down. They're going to come up, and, and anything you save in administration, you're going to lose in other things, aren't well, you? Uh, the one thing that our report noted that has hardly ever been reported are the millions of dollars of assistance that's available from New York State to address those issues. And it can last for up to 10 years. Okay, so it's not just a one-shot. No, it's not a one-shot. It helps the district by basically covering those initial costs, those upfront costs. You got a a lot of blowback, from certainly from the superintendents, and it was reminiscent of me of when you were controller and you went after the fire companies, and you said that they should... Uh, they should merge. Well, and you got a lot of blowback from the chiefs. And, and I guess it raises the question, why were you even looking at this in the first place? Well, I'll say this, because uh, they receive a significant amount of our sales tax. Our sales tax is shared with districts. Uh, they also are the largest driver of property taxes. As you know, because it was part of my presentation at the State of the County, more than 50% of all taxes in our region go to school districts. I think I was sleeping districts. during that point. You might have been, but I thought you would have enjoyed it as an educational yeah. discussion. <laughs> but uh, I would say uh, one thing we have to remember is uh, there are certain communities in our region that are growing, and there's a lot of other ones that are shrinking. And they're shrinking also on the student-based level. So if you do not address these issues now, you're going to have to address them in the future. Uh, a good example when I was controller was I did a report on assessors. Mm-hmm. Remember, there were 33 assessors right. and 30 assessing units when I was controller. And I said, this is ridiculous. Nobody cares who their assessor is, and we could have a better system. 
through prodding and uh, some initiatives that have gone on along the way, there's no longer 33 assessors. I think they're down to 23. Shared, shared services Sharing make services. a lot of sense. And it might make, make sense with school districts. I mean, we already have some districts combined football teams or other athletic teams, uh, for instance. Who in the administration uh, works on um, studying, like, uh, the cultural patterns of different demographics? Because I have to wonder, when you do consolidation of things like uh, – uh, emergency response uh, systems or uh, education systems because of the different patterns in which people practice. I wonder if that weakens the education system in their in their work ethic. Well, I will say this: the the one thing that we talked about in our report was taking very similar systems. So we did not Buffalo and, and, and merging with Amherst. That's not happening, right. and not, not that nor did we propose it. But we talked about it makes sense for Chictawaga with five full school districts, eight school districts in total in the entire town, and, and saying, you know, maybe some of them should merge. Or Eden and North Collins, which are right next to each other in both primary rural communities. Mm-hmm. So you have to look at those issues. It would it would not make sense to throw out something and saying, oh, we're going to create a, a countywide system because it just wouldn't work here. Uh, there's countywide systems in the United States, but it wouldn't work here. Mm-hmm. So so you have to look at all those demographic backgrounds before you make the uh, the announcement of here's what I think should be done. Last substantive issue, county issue, before we go to the uh, phones. And, again, if you want to get in line, 803-0930, the number to call. Uh, the Erie County Water Authority, of course, mm-hmm. has been in the news in, in recent weeks. You came out with a proposal to uh, to reform the authority, and, and I think the gist of it was just to increase the number of commissioners. Well, that wasn't the only thing. Uh, first off, we talked about why it would be very difficult to actually get rid of the authority. They have debt that has to be paid off in full at the time of the authority going out of business. And they you also, according to the law that created the authority, you have to deal with all of their liabilities. Now, all of their liabilities include not just the contracts that are into with, for purchasing of equipment, but the contracts with their employees. Mm-hmm. Be very difficult. Not impossible, but very difficult to put it out of existence. What I recommended is let's go to a, a better system. We make appointments to SUNY Erie. We make appointments to the library board. We make appointments to ECMC. They're much larger boards. You never hear of the political issues emanating from those organizations as you do with uh, the Water Authority because the Water Authority, by its creation, is no more than three appointees in which two of which can be from the same political party. It's talks about politics and the creation of the Water Authority. Let's make it a non-political organization with more appointments. Uh, I issued a number of other recommendations, and the one thing I'm proud of is the authority's budget office, which criticized the Water Authority, sort of started this whole thing, supports most, I'd say 95% of my recommendations. The only one they don't is they did not think that we should get rid of golden parachute contracts, which I found silly, Mm -hmm. and I think the entire community supports we should get rid of golden parachute contracts. So I have the full support of the authority's budget office, which I think is very important uh, because people are saying, well, why did you recommend more appointees? And I think it creates a more open system in which there's more eyes and less politics. Okay, mm-hmm. let's uh, let's go to the phones, 803-0930, the number to call. Let's go first to Ed, Ed in Buffalo. Ed, thank you for holding. Uh, you're very welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Polonkars, you're a former controller. You know what it costs for one mile of highways, county highways, whether it's a mill road or a brand-new road. And I'm going to strongly make a recommendation to Mr. Mulhilo, the current county controller. You two guys get together 
in a public forum with highway engineering, county highway engineering, and in the towns and the supervisors. It's not how much money the county has, but it's how well it's used. The public has to be educated. What does it cost for one mile of county highway? I'm a city taxpayer, and I pay county taxes. Mm-hmm. I suggest that... That, that that's the kind of meeting should should entail soon, please, and thank you. And 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 again, I think Ed's point is he's a city taxpayer, mm-hmm. he pays county taxes. There are no uh, county roads right. in the city of Buffalo. That's a good point. Uh, uh, quick comment on that, Mark, before we go to the next call? Uh, yes, I will say this. As the controller, you're the chief financial officer. You don't have a day-to-day action in regards to the fixing of the roads. Uh, the controller recently came out and identified what he thought was a, it's a million dollars per mile. It's not. It's actually about $480,000 per mile to mill and overlay one uh, mile of road if you have two lanes. If you're going to do brand new construction, now you're talking almost a million and a half to two million dollars because you're putting in new drainage. Uh, just to give you an example, we're redoing East and West Road and the proposal for mm-hmm. 2019 after we put two million dollars in this past year is another six million dollars and the vast majority of that goes for drainage repair. Uh, so it depends on the type of repair you're sure, doing. Sure, but in with fairness the to the controller, the million was for something. It depends on on what was you know. You might be talking about mill and overlay. He may be talking about something. Well, you got to be careful on how you say it because somebody sure. hears that and they think, oh, it costs a million dollars a mile. Uh, my goal is to try to get as many roads as we can. Uh, as you know, there, there's the Greater Buffalo Niagara Regional Transportation Council, and they actually assess the roads. They give them a road rating. So we don't repair a road that has a high rating. We go to the lowest roads. from 1 to 10. Yes, and and with the ones that have the most traffic. So if you have two roads that are rated a 5, and you have one that gets 20,000 cars a day, and you get one that has 200 cars a day, you're going to repair the one that's a 20,000 car a day Mm -hmm. first because it's going to fall apart quicker. So that's how we do our roads. Last year was a bad year, uh, and hopefully we have a better winter. But as I said, I'm spending $47 million of the people's money. Uh, and I want to thank the legislature for the appropriations that they made because uh, we're spending a lot of money on roads to uh, repair what was a really bad winter. And uh, it's always something that's easy to point to. I will note as a city resident, and Ed was a city resident, uh, we don't repair any roads in the city of Buffalo, and some people complain about road conditions. Roads in the city are pretty rough, and in some ways they're even rougher than they are in the suburbs. But that's up to the city to pay for. Let's go back to the phones. Let's go to Jackie in Lancaster. Jackie, welcome to the program. Thank you for holding. Hi, no problem. Mm-hmm. I'd like to actually thank Mark Polencars. Mark, um, uh, a family member had been writing the FBI, the CIA, the military, and he finally wrote you, and you passed email on because he said he was being held captive for like 31 years. And you passed the email on to uh, someone in our county that deals with elder abuse. Well, it turned out after doing some re- research, they had um, contacted crisis services. And I just wanted to say thank you for really responding to that. And um, I was very, very impressed on how things in our county are working and people you know, can get help, and I, I really appreciate that, so I wanted to thank you. Well, I, thank you very much, Jackie. I appreciate the comment. We have a very strong Department of Senior Services to address issues uh, with seniors and, and especially those with elder abuse. Elder abuse can be physical. It can be financial. It can be emotional. If you believe that you have a senior that uh, your family member or a neighbor who's a subject of elder abuse, you can call us at 858-8526. That's our Senior Services Helpline on Monday through Friday. Once again, you'll talk to somebody in the RATH building, not in a call center in Thailand, and, and we will.
will uh, we will research it and try to determine what happened. Once again, 858-8526. Jackie, thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Um, you know, a lot of uh, a, a lot of what you do is probably solving problems like that, just the same way in mm-hmm. April's office, uh, mm-hmm. my office, same same sort of thing. Um, you know, we only we only have a few minutes left. I think it's uh, we're not going to be able to squeeze in any more phone calls. I think I would be remiss if I didn't ask you a question while you were here about a guest uh, who called into last week's program, Mark Molinero. He's a, uh, a county executive like yourself from Dutchess County. Uh, I actually went to his town hall meeting that uh, that uh, was uh, held in Erie County last week. I, I have to say I was I was pretty impressed and uh, you know especially about some of the things he said he was doing in Dutchess County. I mean you get together occasionally mm-hmm. with other county executives in Erie County. What are there seventeen total or something like that? Uh, I forget uh, around, around there. That, I mean yeah. most counties don't have county executives, Correct. but a number do. Um, what are your impressions? I, I I know you you'll be backing the governor, but but I mean your impressions of uh, of the Dutchess County Executive Mark Molinero. Well, I, I have officially endorsed the governor. He's done some great things for our Buffalo area, best governor. You think for Mark's area. doing a good job in uh, Dutchess I, I, County? Mark is a friend of mine. <laughs> yes, uh, he's a Republican. I'm a Democrat. They used to joke about us in, in, at the New York State Association of Counties and the New York County Executive Association that there's the Mark and Mark show. If I have a problem with Mark, is he spells his first name wrong? He spells yeah. it M A R C M M A R K. But I like Mark Molinaro. We've worked together with regards to the opiate epidemic. I did a presentation. Uh, in his county, we've worked to get some good things passed on the state level. Uh, I am supporting Governor Cuomo. He's done some incredible things for the Buffalo area. But I'm not going to uh, denigrate Mark Molinaro because I, he's a friend and I like him. A couple minutes left. Let's stay on the topic of state politics. Your election year and, and April and my election years are, are next year. This is a state election year, state assembly, state senate, and, of course, the governor. Uh, and other statewide offices. What's uh, what's at stake uh, in the statewide elections for Erie County? I mean, are you looking for some changes, obviously? Well, I've, of course, at the top, I'm supporting the governor, as I just said, Kathy Hochul. Not, not, and not so much changes in, in personnel, I understand that, but, you know, are you looking for them to make a key issue out of something that could help us? Well, the thing that worries me uh, is the issues associated with uh, – uh, the upstate-downstate divide, I think there's much less of it than there was in the past. Uh, I will say the uh, Speaker of the Assembly, uh, Carl Heasty, has uh, made it a point to come up here and visit with the Assembly members. I joined him on a tour of the village of Lancaster with uh, Assemblywoman Monica Wallace. So I, I think you see much less of the downstate-upstate divide that you used to see in years past. And, and I guarantee you, I mean, I... Speakers in the past would not come and visit communities and spend a day to learn about the rest of New York State. And, and so that is, it's very heartening to me to see that change. Uh, anytime you have an election, the people have a say and, and they're going to have a say on the state, uh, na- uh, statewide election as well as the state assembly and state senate. And as we know, there's going to be some key races in this area as well. Uh, I just want to ensure that New York State government doesn't forget us and doesn't continue to pass on mandates to local government that we can't afford. All right, that's going to have to be the last word for this hour. Listen, uh, I want to thank my guests this first hour, uh, April Baskin, thank my you. guest co-host, who will be uh, moving on. Maybe, you know, this will be a regular thing now. Mark uh, Polencars, <laughs> Erie County Executive. When we come back, we'll begin with, uh, we'll stay on state politics. We'll have a call in from uh, Erie County Election Commissioner, uh, Republican Ralph Moore. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 